Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 203 of Geektitude, a geek culture <laughs> podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. How are you doing this morning, Ray? I'm doing good. How's it going, Joe? Pretty good. I want to make sure I did get it right this time, <laughs> since apparently last week I said 201 and everybody had to point it out. <laughs> is that, and you, you mentioned on the Slack, is that the first time you've ever done that? Um, it may be the second, but I, I, I two times in 202 episodes, wow. I think is pretty good. Yeah, I'd be fucking that up all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's like, you know, and I, I, please, I don't mind people mentioning it. I just thought it was funny because I think I got five mentions in, in within five minutes. <laughs> people like, are oh, on it. Yeah, they're all, they're all listening at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So how are you? I'm doing good. Got a busy week um, lately, or this week, I guess. Um, it's my mom's birthday today. Happy birthday, mom. Um, yeah, happy birthday, mom. She's going to come over later, and I get to uh, cook a meal for her. She she really likes my cooking, and, you know, we don't see each other often enough. So usually it's, you know, she's presented with options. We can go to dinner. We can go out. We can do this, or I can cook. And she's like, you can cook. You cook. Cook. Cook something. <laughs> okay, fine. So. What are you making? Uh, I'm making fajitas. She, oh, nice. so yeah, she's she's a little bit of a picky eater, but um, she trusts me. So like within the description of the dish of fajitas, right, which she likes, I can I can say, well, I didn't say what the fajitas were going to be of, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Sort of you know push her a little bit in, in different directions here and there. And uh, like I said, she trusts me. So we're just gonna hang out and. At my place, which is not, I mean, cooking, you know, does require some, some labor, but I don't have to go anywhere. They all come right, here. Right. So yeah. <laughs> that's always, I mean, you, you've got a beautiful house. I'm sure, you know, it's the destination a lot of times, right? Yes. Yes. We try and make it because again, we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere. So if we get people right. to come to us, that's wonderful. <laughs> that's a really great point actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. So her and my sister are coming over. Um, they are meeting Rosie for the first time. Oh, that's uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, you're not nervous at all, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I'm not actually. I usually, you know, yeah, they they know who's getting the better end of the deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they just kind of, you know, they'll they'll meet Rosie, and uh, I'm sure there will be a a cabal forming. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're, we're doing today. Um, it's been a pretty chill week, actually. Uh, you know, God, I, I don't know how this happened, but I actually didn't get a chance to catch up with Loki until this morning. Right. Oh, before wow. we pod- Yeah. Right before we, we started podcasting. It's kind of nuts. Like I, I know. Think when you think about like the countdown to every Marvel thing, right? Right. Well, Wednesday's such a weird choice of like premiere day for yeah. us because we're so used to Fridays. Yeah, yeah. Did they I, ever I feel- say why they they made that choice? Uh, I haven't read anything. Um, okay. But maybe they're thinking it's summer and more people have like you know more people are doing things on the weekends. Yeah, I've seen a couple of theories put out there um, that takes that into account, the fact that they move things to Wednesday, and that they have apparently been releasing so many commercial spots for Loki. I guess the the advertising for Loki is like up a notch from the last two series, uh, and people are, are 
theorizing that for whatever reason, Marvel or Disney Plus is is worried about viewership, about people actually tuning in. Um, maybe because things are opening up and people got, you know, more stuff to do. They don't want to be cooped up inside. They don't have the captive audience they had at the last <laughs> right, two. <laughs> right, right. Quite so, literally. <laughs> yeah, but I did I did catch up with it this morning. I'm excited to talk about first impressions with you. Um what else did I do this week? Uh Rosie and I are into WandaVision. Nice. How is she enjoying that? She loves it. Um she like I think I mentioned before when we when we covered our our um Age of Ultron rewatch, she really connected with Wanda's character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh and obviously, you know, the everyone was affected by Infinity War and Endgame, but Wanda in particular. So uh, I think Rosie was primed for for this uh, series. I Joe, in like one in twenty four hours, we blew through most of it. Oh yeah, it's it's <laughs> not a, it's not a hard watch. It's not a hard watch at all. Yeah, so it's so funny because I know at the time that WandaVision was first premiering every week, um, everyone's you know. Social media was in agreement that the bane of our existence was that please stand by uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> screen, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, even though we're binging it pretty quickly, it is no different for Rosie. She's like, <laughs> every time that comes up, she just lets out an exasperated like breath and goes, what is going on here? What is happening to her? Who is doing this? What, what, what? So... Uh, yeah, we're about episode seven now, so we're probably going to wrap that up tonight. Nice. So we will have done WandaVision in one weekend, basically. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I can probably blow that out in two evenings and, <laughs> uh, and then probably Falcon Winter Soldier in two evenings. Cause I do plan on watching both of those before I do, um, uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. And I've never, obviously, because these shows are brand new, I've never watched it in this order. So I'm really excited actually to get to Far From Home, having just watched these two series, uh, just to see how that plays. Because correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think I recall like they don't really make a big deal out of introducing the multiverse in in Far From Home, right? No, they don't. It's just kind of there already. Yeah. Like, oh, you're from the multiverse. Cool. And like, that's it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah. So, I, I've started my own <laughs> rewatch. Nice. Is that your weekly geekery? That is my weekly geekery. Um, we got through this week Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 1, and Iron Man 2. Whoa. Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to – and I'm, I'm putting out on, on – uh, Slack, Discord, and Twitter, like what my plan is and when I do it. Like, I, it's usually like the morning of, I'm like, okay, this is the time because I'm trying to coordinate around Matt and make sure that, you know, we're not watching things during when he and I have time to hang out together. Yeah. So a lot of them are like three or four in the afternoon, which I know is not great for our West Coast listeners but we've uh, the only the only one i didn't have somebody like actively watching was mm-hmm. iron man 2 i think steph may have jumped on but she <laughs> she warned me as she was getting on that she was going to be um kind of dozing on the couch while while she watched that she you know oh my god still maligned the yeah. maligned <laughs> iron man 2 cuz that's just, like one of your favorites right i really like it i like the energy of it um i do think the story itself is sort of a hodgepodge of things but I don't mind it for that right. so much. Right. 
Yeah. So, wow, you, I mean, I can see why you're tired. You, you, you blew through <laughs> a lot of Marvel movies in your first week of the rewatch. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm loving it. I'm loving watching it in this order. Now, I will, I will admit that I think this is the farthest I've got on, I think this is the third attempt at a full rewatch. Part of the reason why I am, f- you know, making this a, a public rewatch mm-hmm. is because I know if I have to make it, um, you know, if I'm saying that I'm going to be watching at a certain time, it'll force me to do it because I feel yeah. like I'll just spend other time. I'll, I'll use it for other things. Right, right. And so uh, this, I've I've seen Captain Marvel two or Captain America two or three times. I've seen Captain Marvel two or three times because those are the ones that I start with always. <laughs> Iron Man maybe a little less because after Captain Marvel, I'm like, okay, I'm done. And this, but this is probably only the second time I've ever seen Iron Man two. Okay, so, and? (laughs) You know, I liked it. I thought it was good. I kept going, ooh, I wonder how much this is going to play into Armor Wars. Like, Armor Wars just kind of lingered in the back of my mind for a lot of this. Right. I, I, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Good. Oh, by the way, I got my internet fixed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, I've edited most of it out, but for those of you who may be in the know, um, the last three i think episodes Mm -hmm. that we've recorded including the 200th episode we had all sorts of disconnections and weirdness and so yay i'm so glad massive problems on my end yeah but i'm so glad mostly for you because there is nothing more annoying than faulty internet yeah and and it wasn't just while we were recording joe i mean it was full on for those three weeks pretty solid Ugh. So you can imagine what that's like, right? Because our our lives are pretty much run online, especially if you're a geek, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, and working from home, you know, still. So uh, it was, oh, God, not to get on too, off on too much of a tangent, but it was a lot to deal with. Uh, three separate times they had to send technicians out, and it escalated each time with the uh, the level of, you know, work that the technician was sent out to do. Wow. Until finally, they just reran a completely new cable from the box straight to my apartment, uh, replaced all of my hardware, and it has knock on wood, it has been perfect since then. And and they said like, they, yeah, that's the problem. Like it's it was it was fucked from the start. <laughs> so gotcha. it was always destined to you know to to arrive at this problem. Uh, one guy even said, frankly, I'm I'm surprised you even have internet still. Oh, like, wow. it, it's on its last legs. <laughs> so, so they had to refresh the sacred timeline. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Nicely done there. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, Iron Man 2. That's right. Armor Wars. Uh, God, I forget about all the shows that they announced. I mean, it's got like, like it's, I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get so many armored because there are a lot of armored heroes out there. I mean, not yeah. heroes, villains. Yeah. Like the sad thing is I'm waiting for the beetle. Like I want the beetle to be a bad guy. If like, you so think bad. about it, if you think about it, even some of Spider-Man's villains are armored, right? You got right. the vulture is technically armored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Ock is definitely going to have that technology if they right. ever get to that. Right. Right. So yeah, that's Rhino probably. Um, yeah, that's true. That I, my only hope for that show, honestly, and I'm prepared to be uh, severely disappointed if it doesn't happen, is that they don't bring back Justin Hammer and we don't get 
you know, it might be kind of hard to get Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I'll be bummed if that, if that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to get, um, Modoc, if it's going to be a Modoc thing. <laughs> and I haven't continued to watch Modoc. I just haven't had the time. My, my mornings have, my, my days have basically been wake up, uh, take care of Ollie because my, my in-laws are out of town for two weeks and which I don't mind. I love my dog, but he does require a lot of, mm-hmm. of attention first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I usually edit, um, my other podcast until about noon and then lunch and then rewatch and then mat time. So that, that has been my day for those have been my days for the last week. Wow. Uh, that's right. Your semester is done. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so let me ask you this. What, what implications since you're fresh off your, your rewatch of captain Marvel, I'm assuming there's a scroll show coming, right? Yeah, um, Secret Invasion's coming. Secret Invasion. So I'm assuming that's gonna that's gonna be born out of uh, Captain Marvel, right? I I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do with that because uh, it's gonna be really weird to have anybody from the MCU at this point be a scroll, like mm. anybody that they switch out or have switched out. It's mm. gonna be. Tra- traumatic. <laughs> I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of eventually get the further adventures of a couple of the scrolls from from uh, Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, what I'm really liking, the vibe that I'm really digging about these Marvel shows so far is they are kind of doing that story thing of like, and then this happened, mm-hmm. like you know, you know what I mean. Where mm-hmm. it's like in the movies, like a character kind of experiences something. I mean, in Loki's case specifically, he's just boom gone, and you know, like oh shit, that's a dangling thread. But mm-hmm. but it kind of seems like with these shows, it's like as soon as as a supporting character sort of as their scene ends in the movie, and we don't see them again, the shows pick up from that point. Right. So I'm hoping that. Or at least I'm 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 anticipating that like Secret Wars, Secret Invasion, is gonna pick up with the scroll storyline because you know we watching it in the in the order that you're doing this rewatch and that Rosie and I did it. Captain America starts because it's the furthest back, but then mm-hmm. Captain Marvel like explodes the universe in a way. It really does, and I love the way it. the The thing I keep bringing up to the people who are watching it with me um, were. You know the little the little tag at the end with um, Fury looking into the Avengers Initiative, right? Um, or writing up a thing on the Avengers Initiative, right? When you when you watch it in release order, that feels very much like a solo movie um, retcon. Like you know how we watch Solo, and then we're like, oh, that's a lot of fan service. Yeah how they just kept throwing in things. Oh, this is where this came from. This is where that came from. And I think when you watch Captain Marvel in release order, it feels like that. Oh, ha ha ha. This is when he, he did Avengers. Mm -hmm. But when you watch it in order, it really is kind of the springboard into Iron Man. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't, I didn't even think about it that way. And I, and I rewatched it. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it was it was kind of like when you put them in this order, it feels like they were meant to be in this order. It's a little it's a little concerning how much they feel like they're supposed to be in this order. Yeah, but I think that there's I feel like Iron Man. It's like Captain America. Captain America, the first Avenger sort of like births the whole thing, right? Like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. here, here's, you know, we're starting with this guy and this character and this world. We're showing you this world. And then Captain Marvel, like I said to me, just explodes it and just goes like, okay, there's other universes. There's a, there's alien rate, multiple alien races. Right. There's all this stuff going on, you know? And then Iron Man just sort of like, to me, re not, I wouldn't even say refocuses it just kind of like, cuts out a lot of that and goes, okay, but we're just going to pick up this thread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of found myself through Iron Man one and two going, well, 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 what about, I mean, of course I knew what, what about all those other things, but I was like, wait, like we don't see aliens again until guardians of the galaxy. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just felt, mm-hmm. well, I guess Thor, if you want to count it that way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just felt like Mar- with captain Marvel, they were like, this is what we could do, but we're not gonna, we're going to do Iron Man. <laughs> Well, it is. It's funny because I I feel completely different because there's moments in Iron Man two especially where like they're sending people to New Mexico and it it has this this kind of urgency to it mm. where like this is taken too long to put together and if we don't get it put together now we're gonna have problems. Oh right, right. Yeah, I can that's see that. that's kind of the and it's weird because. I don't think it meant to have that energy when it was released, mm-hmm. but when you watch it in this order, it definitely has a little bit of, cause I mean, there's like Matt was watching Iron Man two with me. He didn't watch Iron Man one, but he watched Iron Man two. He's, he's kind of trying to come in when I want, when I want to watch a movie in the evening because I think it's a big movie or because we did like a double feature last week or yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he kind of tries to, to tag in and, and be involved and it's funny because he he's so flippant. He's like, um, well, I reckon he sees Black Widow come in and he's like, oh, I remember her. She's that person that does the thing. And I'm like, thanks, sweetie. That's very, that's very specific. <laughs> he's but, like, you this know, is for you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. And then I said, I said, you know, well, that, no, that's Black Widow. And he goes, oh. Yeah, no, honestly, I was going to say, like, like <laughs> you could tell that that's who he kind of thought it was, but he didn't want to sound like he didn't know that that's who oh, it was. Yeah, and yeah. So he's like, so then you can tell he kind of knows a little bit more than he lets on. Oh, nice. That, you know what? I've experienced the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to remind myself that I've seen these shows a bunch of times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and Rosie's seen each thing once. Right. So she's like going along with the movie and a scene might end with a certain character that I know is a callback from this. And the scene mm-hmm, ends mm-hmm. and I'll pause it and go, you knew who that was, right? And she goes, what? Yeah. No. Wait, who? <laughs> and I go, that was that was picking up from this thing three movies back. And she goes, oh, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's sort of been helpful to just remind myself to do that every now and then. Yeah. And I, I think – when you're not as invested as we are, it is very easy to just enjoy the movie, but not make all the ties. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But, you know, sure. I do, I do try and kind of, you know, point out, you know, well, you know, this is what happens here and that's what happens there. And, you know, he, he, he'll ask questions. So that's well, good. Speaking of our WandaVision watch, I mean, Rosie's first watch, my re my first rewatch of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, I mean, 
<laughs> episodes one through three play totally differently when you can just watch the all three of them back to back to back. Yeah, they said that they really felt like they should have released it. Yeah, together. yeah, totally differently. And then the the end of episode three happens when um, Monica gets pushed out of the hex, and Rosie's eyes get really big. And she goes, what is going on? What is happening? Like, <laughs> that has been her, her whole thing, like, at the end of every episode. What is happening? And I said, okay, I was planning to stop there, but maybe it'll be worth it for you to, to let's just watch the fourth one now. Let's just do it. And she said, mm-hmm. yes. So the fourth one happens, and, you know, I can see her going, what's going on in the beginning? And I said, Monica's just come back from, like, Hulk just snapped his fingers and brought everyone back. And her eyes get really big and tear up. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> does she recognize, does she understand who that is? Or did she no, understand who that was? No, no. Oh. So we get through the whole opening. And then we get through the first scene with Hayward. And then Monica is sent to, you know, the, the border of Westview to meet with Agent um, oh Randall Park's character. Uh, yes. And... Uh, I paused it there and she's like, why are you pausing it? And I said, okay, do you know who that is? And she's like, uh, no, we just met her. And I said, no. And I said, I showed her a gif of, uh, a a scene from Captain Marvel where Carol and Maria are hugging and then they step back and then Monica standing right there in between them. And I show that gif. It's just a silent three second gif. So it's on loop on my phone and I show that to Rosie and she instantly starts crying. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. I mean, happy tears, but still, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then I restarted the episode. I said, okay, now that you're there, (laughs) let's watch it. And just like everything plays out differently. The little, the, you know, the camera really like pauses for one second on Maria's plaque on the wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Hayward saying, you know, you're, this is home for you. Your mom built this place. Like all of that lands differently. Right. Yeah. And then I said, okay, you know, we get to, to, uh, Randall Park's FBI agent, agent Wu, um, on the border of Westfield. And then really quickly there's dude, YouTube is fucking amazing. And people who do YouTube are amazing because literally anything you're looking for, someone has already thought of and put it together and exists on YouTube. Right. <laughs> For instance, do you want a montage from Ant-Man and the Wasp of Scott doing his card tricks, showing them off, blowing Agent Wu's mind, Agent Wu asking how he did that, and then later a two-second shot of Agent Wu trying to learn the card trick? That exists already. Somebody made that edit at Supercut mm-hmm. and put it on YouTube. So I show right. Rosie that. I cut back to WandaVision. Uh, Monica walks up to AJ Wu and AJ Wu, you know, materializes his card in the hand trick that he learned. And Rosie's just like, who the fuck thinks of this stuff? Like, <laughs> I'm like, geeks do. That's <laughs> so it's just been little things like that that have been honestly like so satisfying to sort of like, you know, experience again w- uh, with Rosie. Uh, and yeah, so we're really, we're really enjoying WandaVision. 
That's so awesome. I can't wait to get back to that. I mean, I, I am thoroughly enjoying going back and watching each one of these movies. But today, today my my rewatch is Incredible Hulk, which I'm a uh, lukewarm about. But <laughs> I'm going to watch it anyway because yeah. I'm trying to see. How, like, maybe it lands differently now that everything kind of builds on top of each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, that, so that's been fun. Um, I, I said to Matt on friday i said hey you know there's only two sets of movies where they are back to back in the chronological order rewatch and that's iron man and iron man 2 and guardians of the galaxy and guardians of galaxy volume volume 2 i said so would it be cool with you if we did an iron man double feature on saturday um just so that i can get through some of these and get a little further along in the you know, it just like it just feels like it's a good. It's a Saturday, mm-hmm. like it's more available. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. We can watch. We can watch that as long as I don't have to watch both because I don't want to sit through like six hours of movie." I'm like, "That's fine." <laughs> and he goes, "But when are you doing the Guardians one? Because like I really like Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm I might actually want to do that. And so we're gonna try. Like, luckily there is exactly six episodes between." Iron Man 2 and Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Wow. So if I do Incredible Hulk today, Thor Monday, Avengers Tuesday, Iron Man 3 Wednesday, <laughs> Thor Friday, oh no, Thor Thursday, Captain America Winter Soldier Friday, then on Saturday we can do Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. It kind of works Whoa. out perfectly. Whoa. Oh man, I wish I could be part of more of these rewatches with you on Slack. I jumped into the first one because it just worked with my work schedule. For some mm-hmm. reason, I had I had an you know an opening in my schedule that day, but I haven't been able to. And I get the notifications, so I'm just like so jealous that like you know, I've been <laughs> hanging out on Slack, and I'm like, damn it! But the Guardians of the Galaxy one sounds great. Has he seen part two? Oh, he's seen all. He's seen all of them. Okay, he's okay. seen everything. Let me let me let me let me go back and think about that for a second. <laughs> let me qualify that. Um, I know he's seen everything since we've been together. I'm trying to remember. He probably started off with. Hmm. When did the Avengers come out? When in 2012 was it? In the latter part of the year. Um, May, I want to say. Okay, so we didn't get together until September of that year. So he probably has only seen phases two and three with me. I remember um, substituting at iPoly that day. And I only had period one and period two to cover. And I didn't even have a period three. And I asked if I could leave after period two because <laughs> I wanted to go directly to the theater to watch Avengers. And uh, I saw you that day. I saw Sean that day. And I remember going, I'm about to go watch Avengers. And it was so surreal. Yes, yeah, we were that. all so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister met me and we sat in a matinee and we watched the earliest showing of Avengers that day. It was like at 1130 or some shit. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, I like... God, the, the the number of like experience, shared experiences that people have had over these movies is right. kind of amazing. Right? That's yeah. so cool. Um, cool. Anything else you wanted to cover in your in your weekly geekery? 
Um, just the fact that I finally went back and saw a movie in an actual movie theater this Oh, week. that's right. I got to hear about this. Okay, so on Friday, we went to go see In the Heights. And you know I have an absolute love for the musical In the Heights. Like, right. it is probably, at this point, my favorite musical. Mm-hmm. And I... <laughs> I was going like we were driving home and Matt was trying to remember the differences because he saw it when I produced it and we, we've gone to see it a couple times since then and he's like well are you sure about that and I was like I lived with this play for eight months I know I know this play uh, so we go and see the movie and it was really good I think they did some things that were really good I think they did things that were a little bit questionable what Ooh. yeah yeah they fascinating because i know the affection you have for this story in yeah in all its iterations i found myself tearing up at parts not because the movie made me tear up but because i had reactions to those moments when i did the play oh my god um because okay do you know that do you know the the story at all have never seen it, have never read it, do not know the story at all. Oh, you would love it, right? I mean, it is it is just such a good story. Yeah, I, I plan to I, check it out for sure. Yeah, see see the movie, but then when live theater opens up, I will I will look for In the Heights. Cool. When where it's playing and we will go watch it because cool. it is it is so good. And there were moments where we would we would be performing We'd be do- rehearsing a scene. There's one scene in particular. I don't want to say what it is because I want to ruin it for anybody. Mm-hmm. But there was one scene in particular where we could barely get through it without the entire cast being in tears. And wow. And so I had, you know, in that moment, I don't think that the movie earned that reaction. The play, having having experienced the play, gave me that reaction. But I wow. don't know that the movie earned it. So. Yeah, I'm really curious about this movie in particular, uh, and it'll be my first experience with this story, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we all know how fucking talented Lin-Manuel is at this point. Um, and it's interesting. I've been seeing a lot of reaction on my timeline. Um, and uh, if, you'll, if you'll allow me just mm-hmm. to kind of share the spectrum of what I'm seeing... There are, and I'm talking about primarily Instagram and Twitter. Like this is what I spend most of my time on. This is where most of my friends and my my social circles, my community, you know, people that I consider my community, like this is where I, I interact with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing people that just are are coming from the lens of this is a musical, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's by the very talented Lin Manuel, and they're saying holy shit, this is fantastic. Like this, mm-hmm. like they knocked it out of the park. This is amazing. You know, written obviously by Lin-Manuel, directed by the guy who directed Crazy Rich Asians. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly white people, but still, you know, not not only, not only, right, right? right? Then I have a segment of like really woke, like, uh, um, you know, uh, organizers, activists, poets, um, artists saying, this is fucking amazing. It made me cry so much. Oh my God, I'm in tears. This is the best, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally, representation and as well as a great story, blah, blah, blah. Then I'm seeing another segment of that community that's saying, no problems with the story, mind you, right? Of course, the music is amazing. The story is amazing. The characters are amazing. But saying, hey, this is a historically um, Afro-Latino 
community and neighborhood that this takes place in. Mm-hmm. And there's almost no representation of that in the movie. So, so they're not saying like, you know, the, the story didn't land or the scenes didn't land. They're saying, Hey, we wish that it was more truer to like, if you go, you know, if you historically, if you go to that community, mm-hmm. what you see is not what the cast looks like. See, I think that's that, that takes me by surprise because I thought that's something that they got pretty spot on. Like there's not. right. Wow. Because, because I mean, there, it is a very, like that, that is the community. I'm not sure what they're not seeing. Right. And so when Lin-Manuel has been, and the producers have been questions about questions about this, their response is, well, we had a goal by the talents available, which is not a great answer. <laughs> like, you know, the, the most talented people won the parts. So, but mind you, again, no one is, I haven't seen anyone say, the story didn't work or, you know, mm, not every moment was earned. So f- as for someone who knows the story as well as you do, that's what I'm, that's what fascinates me. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. So here's the first, you know, I, I'm not, I haven't seen this angle yet of like, yeah, it's good. You know, there were some questionable choices. That's fascinating to me. Yeah. I, I feel like they, my, my take on it is they did a little bit too much of the model immigrant. Oh, they, oh my God. they really I can't wait to watch this. They really watered down the character. The characters didn't get angry. Mm. They 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 took out all of the moments where characters were negative. They took out. You mean they, they were in there? They weren't in there. No, they. No, they, I'm like, saying they were in there originally. In the in the play, they are. There are moments where they 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 wrote a one character out completely. Um. Uh, the the play has uh, the the two the two basic stories is you've got Usna, Usnavi's story, which is the Lin Manuel Miranda character in the play. He he felt he was too old to play that role, so he it, you know he did he refused to play that role in this movie. But there's the the Usnavi character, and then there's the Nina character. And Nina's story is that she is a student who is gotten out of the barrio and has gotten into Stanford and is having uh, struggles with that because she feels like the entire neighborhood is putting this pressure on her to be the one that succeeds. Mm. And she gets into it constantly with her father who is like, you were going to have opportunities that I didn't have, whether you like it or not kind of Mm. bit. And, and the character they take out is her mom and they've completely written her out, which I felt left this big hole where the, you know, that, that idea of parents like discussing their children's future, like you didn't get the, the rival perspectives of those two characters. So that was one. Two, that character, is, the, the father, um, is, is very stubborn and very kind of awful in many ways in the the play which is great because when he finally comes around at the end mm-hmm. it, it you you feel for him like you understand where he's coming from but he has to go through that process and the movie version doesn't have that journey at all because he's already kind of at a, a neutral position like he has his goals and he expects certain things but he's not like I've got enough I've had enough students from 
uh, a Hispanic background. <laughs> I'm like, I know the dads that this is supposed to be, and mm-hmm. you're not portraying this dad accurate. Right. I was going to say what you initially described. I'm like, that sounds culturally ac- accurate. <laughs> right. right. And, and then like, there's a, there's a, the big turning, the, the huge, huge, like 12 minute number um, at the end of act one in the play. Um, all the couples are fighting. Like everybody's mad at each other. Everybody's mad at each other. And nobody was mad. Nobody was mad during it. They came up with different reasons or different, like maybe upset, maybe disappointed, uh, but nobody was mad. Nobody really ever got angry. So they're going for more of a feel good type of like celebration vibe. As yeah. opposed to like conflict. And like, yeah, it was kind of like it. It was like the conflict is from the outside in. It's not. There's no conflict within, which I felt like they were kind of like. I don't know. I said to Matt, I said maybe it's because this is going to such a broader audience that they don't want to negatively right, right, right portray any of these characters. But I feel like that does the characters a disservice because it makes them less real and less honest. Right. That, and that is a fascinating ongoing conversation about representation that I've seen. That's like, on the one hand, oh, we finally get a character and they're terrible or they're the villain or they're whatever. Right. Mm-hmm, and on mm-hmm. the other hand, it's like, why are you sanitizing all our representation? Allow us to be complete humans. Allow us to be, you know, the the full spectrum of human you know emotion and and um i don't know characterization or personality that any else anyone else would get mm-hmm. and it's you know yeah i don't know that there's any particular right answer but that's that's other than maybe what serves the story at that point but that's that's really fascinating god damn i can't wait maybe i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna pitch this to my mom and my sister today and they're visiting maybe we'll watch in the heights today yeah, it, honestly, it, it's such a, it is like as much as I'm kind of like nitpicking because I'm so attached to the play and I mm-hmm. so just love it. Um, it. It is still very, very good. And the music is wonderful. Right. And it, I think it, it represents the play. Well, I think the play is better, but I think that's mm-hmm. kind of always your original source material is almost always better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I sent you an article from the root that I'm going to check out. Uh, but I think it outlines what I was speaking to in terms of like, you know, people's commentary on, on the, the who's cast and the leads and that sort of thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to say like, I, I remember watching the, the movie and going, Oh good. They do have the wide range of like, I didn't think that they had um, taken out, all of the darker skinned, like, like I felt like it was, you know, I, I, I noticed when they were on screen and went, Oh good. They are being inclusive of all. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of shocked by this, you know, this commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. I'm psyched for this watch. The one thing I want to know is I want you to watch it. I want you to let me know if you feel like Afro Latinx, People yeah. were not represented because I I thought maybe not as much as but I felt like they were trying to I mean I thought they were trying to kind of show the whole spectrum of this community 
and maybe they just didn't do that. They didn't lean into it enough. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I think the article I shared will go into it more. And um, I, you know, I also wanted to share the spectrum of the reactions that I've come across because this is not like at all, you know, everyone in my community thinks that like, no, like there are people that just love it and are just like, it's fantastic. It did its job. It's great. And that sort of thing. So this is not like, you know, what I'm saying the majority feels, but it is a, a conversation that's being had that I think is really fascinating yeah, and important. That's, that's interesting. Cause I mean, I got like a literal really hauling faces in my mind of people that I feel I represented mm-hmm. by this. So yeah. So I'll, I'll be interested to see your take on it because that, that of all the criticisms that they could have had, that's not the one that I thought would have come to the forefront of mm. the, of the concern. Yeah. All right. All right. Dang, so, you got a lot of watching in this week. Yeah, I did. I mean, like, <laughs> maybe to the to the to the detriment of any other geeky thing ever. <laughs> like, literally, I feel like my days are editing, rewatch, editing, rewatch. <laughs> um, in fact, once I'm done with this, I've still got a good um, like ten minutes of content to edit from yesterday that I didn't finish. I'm trying to get ahead because when I go on vacation, I'm not going to have any time to do any editing. So I have to be ahead mm-hmm. or I'm, I'm not going to be re- um, releasing content. So wow, got to get it done. <laughs> got to get All it right. done. Well, let's talk about Loki. All right. We'll be right back and then we'll come back and talk about Loki. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. We're back. And Ray and I at this point should know that we should just not go to commercial because <laughs> we end up spending 20 minutes to 30 minutes talking about what we should be recording. <laughs> but we're gonna we're we're talking about maybe continuing the whole in the heights conversation next week as yeah. the actual main feature because um both of us are kinda had like mind blown moments. And so we're yeah. we're gonna maybe see if we can get Ray to, to we're going to catch Ray up on his in the heights uh, knowledge, so yes. that he can come back and report what his findings are. <laughs> yes, and we're going to try our best to recreate the twenty minute conversation we just had off air <laughs> in the <laughs> podcast next week because it was it was great. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Both I, I think both of us had like mind blown moments when you're like, wait, what? That happens in the play, <laughs> and I'm yes. like, oh, that, I didn't even know that that was a perspective I should have been looking for. Yes. Uh, all right. So, um, controversy aside, <laughs> Loki came out, and usually we we've been waiting for like episode two to drop, but I think because we're our summer is a little bit chopped up um i think we're we're jumping in right with 
with episode one. So what were your initial <laughs> thoughts? Also, we're jumping in because as soon as I watched it this morning, I was like, yeah, I there's no way I'm going to be able to wait. I need to talk to Joe about this. <laughs> Listen, man, we're either recording or we're not, but I need to geek out with you about this. <laughs> um, because I think... I. Marvel is coming for our necks <laughs> with this because they are just operating on a whole other level at this point. Uh, I was blown away by the first episode of Loki. Well, well, okay, so you're like whole another level. What about it specifically? Like what what level is that that they're operating on? I think that they are picking up where these characters left off, but they're not just giving us more of the same MCU style of storytelling at this point, all those, all those um, criticisms, which I think were, you know, for the most part deserved about all the movies look the same, you know, like uh, uh, the lighting is ugly. The cinematography is ugly. Uh, you know, um, the, the tone is just so very like, you know, Marvel factory, no matter what directors on it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's done. Like, I feel like, yeah. When I, when I think about the order in which we were supposed to get these shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to come out first. WandaVision was coming out second, and then Loki third. And Honestly, if, from what I've seen, I, I think that would have been best. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think that, for me anyway, they have clearly improved the formula with each show. Right. Because I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier had some cool moments, but I think it was it had some equally it had the, it had an equal number of clunky moments for me, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's you know allowing for the fact that they had to change the storyline last minute and it was tricky or whatnot. But still, WandaVision I felt like came out of the gate strong. Overall, was really great. I felt like the ending was a little clunky, uh, but still enjoyable. And obviously, we're just one episode in with Loki, but it feels so confident, Joe. Mm-hmm. It feels so like sure of itself that it knows what it is, and and it's it's by combining a few different inspirations, it feels like something new or at, at least new for Marvel. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the order that they were supposed to release in, it makes total sense because you get Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the most Marvel-y of these series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That kind of translate transitions you into the idea of watching Marvel movies over the course of a month and a half. Yes. Yes. And, and then you go really weird and a little dark with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go back and lighten it up a lot with Loki. Dude, now we're in like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Good Omens, uh, like I just, I mean, all of the. I'm literally watching the first episode, going, "Okay, Hitchhiker's Guide, that's great," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, "Oh shit, Good Omens," and then, "Oh shit, Jurassic Park," and then, "Oh shit," like I should have written down all the oh shits that I had because <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, they're really pulling in like a lot here from like different things," and then Owen Wilson just like, is it Owen Wilson? He's the Owen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He fucking killed it. Yeah. He was great. Yeah, I love his character. Like, I want I want to be that character's friend. Like, <laughs> he's let this like major big 
Um, like he he's dealing with some heavy stuff, and he's just kind of like, yeah, it's just what you know, it's just what we do. It's fine. He also comes across like someone who has done what he's doing in this episode for a long time, right? Like he just knows the the rhythm of it. Yeah, and when the agent is like freaking out, he's like, just no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's and, fine. Yeah, and no one other than Thanos has been able to really treat loki in this way but with thanos it was a very different vibe it was very menacing and like you know i'm going to overpower you right and like Mm -hmm. literally strangle you to death uh, with my with my strength but but owen wilson's character it's like um it's like someone's managing you and you don't realize that they're managing you or worse you do realize they're managing you and you still can't do shit about it right yeah it's such a good foil for loki it really is, and it's it's interesting that they had to get all of that character development to get him a little bit closer to the Loki that we ended with mm-hmm. in one episode. Yes. Yeah, I thought that as well when they were showing us his greatest hits. I'm like, oh, this is evil Loki, and they're catching him up to like halfway reformed Loki. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most, right? Mostly reformed Loki. You know? Mostly reformed, yeah, in order to sort of – you know, create in order to sort of establish him as the sympathetic lead of this care of this show. Right. Cause I feel like in other hands than the Marvel machine, I feel like this journey is the entirety of the series. And I don't think anybody wants to watch that. We want to watch Loki that we left off with mm-hmm. do funny stuff and get into trouble. And like Loki, do, do you know a lot of Norse mythology? No, um, I, I was talking. I was talking to my friend Rob when he was here this week. Uh, that's another thing I did to geek out this week is I hung out with my friend Rob, who was out in town for uh, with his kids. But um, the uh, the thing that we were talking about is in Norse mythology, most of it is Thor and Odin need to do something, and Loki fucks it up. <laughs> right right like, like basically he gets the best of them end of story like the, so they have to accomplish something loki makes it difficult gets the best of them in the end move on to the next story and i feel like that's a little bit of the vibe that we're going to get with this is that loki is just kind of going to do his thing he's just going to show up and i think it should be this way and that's the way he's going to make it <laughs> <laughs> i you know, it's funny is that I, I watched the episode first thing this morning. I got up extra early to because I was falling asleep last night going, oh, shit, I didn't watch Loki yet. So I got up. I don't have a packed day today, but I got up extra early to watch the episode. And as I was ending the episode, Rosie was waking up and she's probably waking up because I'm exclaiming and laughing, even though I have my headphones in. <laughs> and uh, I watched it and I said, Okay, there's no spoilers for anything that we're going to watch, which is, you know, we're going to finish WandaVision, we're going to watch Falcon Winter Soldier, and we're going to watch Spider-Man Far From Home. And I watched the first episode of Loki, and I said, there's nothing spoiled in those. You need to watch this episode now. And she was like, really? I can't? I'm like, yes. Like, please watch this now, mainly because I want to rewatch it again. (laughs) So (laughs) so, uh, she started it immediately, Joe. She was wide awake. And she put it on and I rewatched like the first half of the episode with her before I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go. Like I gotta get shit going. Uh, but the episode ended and I said, you know, what'd you think? And she's like, oh my God, 
Like she, she was blown away as well. And one of the things she said that surprised me was, uh, of course, it shouldn't surprise me at this point. She said, "Poor Loki." <laughs> she said, "I feel, <laughs> I feel for him so much." And I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Oh my god, with that part where he realized he's told that he basically was responsible for his mom dying, and like mm-hmm. his only point to exist is to fuck things up." <laughs> and you're you're telling me like, "Oh shit!" Like that's that's actually really his canon like reason like in in mythology oh yeah oh yeah and he it's funny because if uh neil gaiman has a kind of concise a lot a lot of the problem with mythology is that it's not narrative like you can't just kind of tell the story it's like this story but that conflicts with that story but that conflicts with this story Mm. so when you can find a really narrative retelling of mythology it's really kind of awesome because it kind of gives you a a little bit of a plot line or a thread to kind of hold on to Mm -hmm. and so neil gaiman has a collection of north mythology where he goes through and and tells these stories and his audiobook is amazing because he reads it and that's really what most of it is is just you know the the adventures of Odin and Thor with Loki coming in and and, it, and it's not just it's kind of like teasing them and making fun of them and getting them into trouble but everything kind of usually works out in the end and all parties are okay with it you know it's very it's very happy ending in every story so it, it's it gives you a different perspective on the character of Loki right and there's I haven't caught up with any of the theories or anything yet, because I just watched this um, this morning, but holy shit, is there a lot of it out there? <laughs> well, I have, I haven't, I've only seen the, the new rock stars and I watched both of theirs. I, okay. I didn't, I didn't watch their big conspiracy theory episode. I just didn't have time, okay. but I have a conspiracy theory. I would love, I can't wait to hear this. I think that the, the time, the time authority is full of shit. Ooh. Like, I don't think that there's just one timeline. I think they are, f- I, I think that they might be trying to keep this timeline from interfering with other timelines, but nothing that they've showed us up until now suggests that there is just one timeline. Because if there was just one timeline, how in the hell did um, Doctor Strange see all these other alternate realities, alternate versions? Right. Where this was the only choice he could make, so I think they're full of shit. And uh, and each t- each separate timeline is told that they're the one sacred timeline. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's really cool. So yeah, I, I don't think because I think I think the big thing is like you if you if you look at that little device that they have, yeah, where where they're monitoring how badly the timeline is is going off route. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's running to another line. So I don't think that they're cry- trying to keep it into one timeline. I think they're trying to keep the timelines from connecting. Right. So the idea of a war between timelines made me so giddy that I laughed out loud. Um, oh, really? Why? Just the idea that a timeline would go to war against another timeline as if they are sovereign countries. Well, that's what happened in the prep for secret war, the second Secret Wars in the comics. Well, the more that I thought about it this morning, I realized that in Endgame, 2014's Thanos 
uh, coming to the future to attack the Avengers could kind of be seen as one timeline attacking another. Yeah. So maybe that is a a war between the timelines that the TVA is going, oh shit, it's happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love the idea, if we're thinking, if if, if you can stay with me on this idea that the, each timeline is, is a country, okay? Mm-hmm. One way to keep two countries from going to war against each other is to not let either country know that the other exists. Yeah. So that whole thing you're saying about like, there are more timelines. They're just lying to us. That could be a way, like you said, to stop the wars from happening. Right. Absolutely. And if you, if you look at secret wars in the comic books, like the whole problem is, is that the timelines are colliding. The, the, the multiverse is colliding in on itself and the universes are destroying each other. Like not because they're going to war with one another, but because they are um, basically colliding. colliding right. Yeah. Colliding and destroying each other. And so um, the Illuminati, which is like the smartest people in the Marvel universe. So Reed Richards is in there and Xavier's in there. And I mm-hmm. think black Panther is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole bunch of people that are, they, they make the decision that the 616 is the timeline that has to be saved. And so they actively destroy the other timelines before they can hit Shit. theirs. Whoa. And when they can't do it anymore, they infinity stone, they infinity stone them all together. And that's where you get secret world run by Dr. Doom. Oh, God damn it. The possibilities here, man. Holy it's, it's, it's a little bit insane. Like I'm, I'm very curious, knowing that we've got multiverse, multiverse of magic or of madness, and um, and Spider Man's going to be all multiversey. Yeah, like I'm really, I'm really anxious to see where this goes because I, fe- I, I don't believe. I think they're full of shit. I don't think they're telling the truth at all. So I'm looking at popular theories, and this is from com. This is from CBR.com, comic book resources. Then they list the four most plausible theories after the first episode. I have to say that I did have a, an inkling that the person that the TVA is trying to chase down, who's who's killing off their other squads, is also Loki. Right. And so one of the theories, the no, theory number one of the four most plausible theories after for the first episode is that Mephisto or Nightmare is involved. And I'm just, I'm kind of like over it with that theory at this point. <laughs> uh, not just because, um, not just because of the whole WandaVision fiasco, but because I just don't think it's plausible here. I just think when, when they showed the stained glass mirror, kind of like devil vision of the devil, which why would a church in France have a, a stained glass of the devil in it? But anyway, um, uh, to me, that was Loki wearing his horned helmet. Yeah, that's. Uh, they've said that that's what it is. I love the fact that they made it look like Mephisto, just because at this point, like everybody's Mephisto at this point. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it. Yeah. To me, it's just like that was the. To me, the confirmation. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the other person that they're hunting down is Loki, and they're gonna enlist Loki to track down a variant of himself. Yeah. Um. The next plausible one is a, a theory, according to CBR.com, is that someone at the Time Variance Authority is really Loki in disguise. 
Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, and to me, that speaks to the TVA being full of shit, as you said. Yeah. That that would be a goddamn like what the stuff they're throwing at audiences at this point. There's no more um, protecting us from heavy plot. Absolutely not. Or even like plot possibilities, like twists and left turns and like sci-fi geek concepts. The idea that they can put an entire town in a bubble where the reality is different. And people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like they've they've trained the audience. Yes, dude, it totally like X Files crawled so that God, I don't know, Buffy could walk, mm-hmm. so that you know, uh, um, Harry Potter could run, so that the MCU can now do fucking backflips. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it's insane what they're doing. Oh, and Owen Wilson's agent is Agent Mobius. Like a Mobius strip, right? Right, right, right. I wonder if that's just like a cute nod, or if it's like foreboding. You know what I mean? Or well, I think the in the foreboding? comic books, that's that's the character. So I think the character is just because it's based on time theory. Is I think what they went with as far as the character name. Wait, how much of this is from comic books? Is from the comic books specifically? Like I didn't even think it. Like, is I Loki? Just, does Loki run into trouble with the TVA in the comics? I don't remember where the TBA comes in, but I do know that the TBA is um, is in the Marvel universe. Like this is not something they created for the MCU mm. TV series. Okay, okay. The next multiversal war is coming. Is is there other theory? Um, well, how can you have a multiversal war if there is not uh, <laughs> multiple? Yeah, they're full of it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then the last one was that Kang will make his MCU de- debut. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I Yeah, I can't wait for Kang. I know that he his casting was announced, but it was announced for Ant-Man and, the, and Qu- Quantumania, right? Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. that's where Kang is supposed to make his debut? Right. Um, yeah. Oof, there's a lot going on here. I just love the the whole the idea of like the bureaucracy of it. That again, like, really reminded me of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and the idea that like Loki is at the mercy of you know other, not just someone else, but multiple people that are not seen as important or godlike or powerful right you know this is like loki at the mercy of the system (laughs) basically it's the time dmv yes exactly yeah and um he doesn't take any of it seriously until he finds the infinity stones in the dude's drawer (laughs) <laughs> I thought that was great because oh my because god, they're so they're such a big like they've caused so much trouble mm-hmm. that I feel like at this point showing them in that light allows us to move forward away from the Infinity Stones. Yes, exactly, and and I think it shows it forces Loki in this in the episode to go. 
oh, I this is bigger. This place is bigger than even the Infinity Gauntlet. So I need to sit down and take this seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that nobody knows what they are. Like, oh, those things? Yeah. I'm going to gut you like a fish. What's a fish? <laughs> oh, my God. This is – I mean, it's – I really enjoy it. <laughs> okay. So, as far as I looked up the time variance authority on um, marvelfandom.com, mm-hmm. and it looks like um, they've continued territorial disputes with Kang the Conqueror and his Kang Dynasty um, and a bunch of other – time traveler people. So that's one thing where they show up after the entire civilization of Brookinopolis was threatened by a massive Zaniac outbreak occurred during world war seven. The TVA recruited justice peace and allowed him to travel back in time and eliminate Zaniac. I don't know who Zaniac is with the aid of Thor. Um, and then there's a whole chapter on the time trial of She-Hulk. I see nothing on um, on Loki. Okay. So okay. they're using an established um, existing property in the Marvel Universe, but mm-hmm. for a different story. Okay, got it. Got it. And the the characters involved are um, – there is a Mr. Mobius – there is. And he does look like the character from uh, Owen Wilson's character. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, yeah, this just reminds me of uh, many of the questions from Rosie while we were watching WandaVision this weekend is, wait, how much of this is from the comics? Does this happen in the comics? Is that w- what happens in the comics after this? And I'm like, it's it, like... Yes and no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in the comics, Wanda has twins. Yes. And they have powers. Uh, in the comics, at one point, Vision is, you know, exists in this, like, neighborhood that's, like, from a television show. And he has a family. In the co- But I'm like, but it's not this exactly. Right. So it seems like they're doing, you know, even more of that with Loki. Um, it is Loki is created uh, by... Michael Waldron. Michael Waldron is an American screenwriter and producer known for his work on Rick and Morty, Heels, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, and they've they brought up the fact that in an interview he was asked if he was if like stuff that happens in Loki is going to be referenced or have a, a bearing on multiverse of madness mm. and he's like i hope to i hope you can say that i was smart enough to allow both of them to reference each other mm. so you know he said it very cheekily and better than i just put it but it was it was basically like yes i've this is definitely going to lead directly into that movie dude check this out i'm gonna keep reading this because holy shit it's short and blowing my mind. February 2014, Waldron was enrolled in the MFA screenwriting program at Pepperdine University. He was an intern for the adult swim show Rick and Morty during its first season. Uh, he was hired by Dan Harmon to be part of production staff on Community for its fifth season. July 2016, he served as a spec writer on Harmon Quest. Uh, February 2017, he's writing the series Heels for Stars. August 2017, he's executive producing uh, a YouTube series called Good Game. 
February 2019, he's hired as a head writer and executive producer on Loki. In November 2019, uh, he writes the season four episode of Rick and Morty, The Old Man and the Seat. February 2020, he begins writing the script for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. In January 2021, he was hired to write the screenplay for Kevin Feige's untitled Star Wars film. Oh, wow. Holy shit. We're about to get a lot of Michael Waltrip. <laughs> I'm okay with that because so far I like what I see. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm still processing that, but wow. So uh, I'm looking at Loki's, uh, the, the Wikipedia page for the television show. And uh, I guess, I mean, you, you all, everyone knows, but they're going to know by the title that we're going to be discussing the first episode of Loki in this podcast. So obviously there's spoilers for that. But also I'm going to say spoilers right now for some of these characters uh, just in terms of like, you know, we've entered, we've been introduced to a few characters in, in the first episode and the Wikipedia gives a little bit more information. So if you don't want that information for a reason, just skip ahead a, a couple minutes. Um, Rav- Ravana Renslayer, a former hunter of the Time Variance Authority who rose from the ranks to become a respected judge. She oversees the Loki variant investigation. So this is played by, I think I want to say Gugu Mbatha Ra. She's, she's the character that's the judge in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it says here that she was a former hunter who rose the ranks to be a respected judge. Um, Heron compared the uh, director, Katie Heron compared both Mbatha Ra and Renslayer to chameleons and said Renslayer was always trying to dance the line with Mobius of being both his superior and his friend. Uh, so that I'm super interested in that character. I was right away. <laughs> well, she is, she is also um, a Kang the Conqueror love interest from my understanding. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's that, great. That's what I got from new rock stars this morning is that, she has some connections with Kang Kunker. Oh my God. Okay. What, what else did you get from you rock stars? Are you prepared to share anything? I, I'm trying to think. Cause again, I, I watched it once just before we went in. Um, oh my God. <laughs> that was, that was the biggest reveal that. And the fact that she's sitting right in front of the, like they, they identified each of the three time, Time watchers or time lords or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are. And those sculptures um, reminded me of the sculptures of the champions on um on the battle world that Hulk and Thor were on. Uh, what's it called? Scar. Right. And Scar, then they, Scar. And you'll notice that the one that she's sitting in front of is a little bit like the middle part is a little bit off centered. Mm. And and they say it looks very Kang like. Mm. And um, they went so far as to say that she's sitting right where the lips are, which is, <laughs> um, you know, maybe suggestive of the fact that, you know, that that is that relationship that they have. Yeah. Oh, um, great. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, I mean, she's the only person I can think of that would have. I don't know. I feel like that character is going to go somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. She's a great actress, too. Yeah. Um. They've said that they there's a scene where Loki, I think it's right after Loki gets out of the the room 
like he steals the little remote control that zips mm-hmm. and backs up time. Mm-hmm. And um, when he's in the hallway, another door opens up and a person that looks like Peggy Carter is pulled through one of the doors. Whoa. What? Yeah. And so people are saying, is she coming in because she's on trial for uh, Steve Rogers going back in time or. Whoa. Don't do that is- to us. Yeah, like what is going on there? Uh, because I mean, she really does like. It's obviously not the actress, but it, it very much looks like it's supposed to be. Mm. Um, and she's pretty far in the background that you know there's not a lot of focus on her, but that's what people are saying that might be. Um, wow, those are the two big ones that I remember coming up over and over again. Yeah. There's a lot of little, de- like there were so many details in the closing credits that yes. he did his, he did his own video of the closing credits. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm seeing that uh, Loki may be getting his sword from the comics, which is the sort of truth. Uh, I'm seeing that the way that the TVA moves around through time, opening those little doorways is very reminiscent of how Dr. Doom used similar technology in his first appearances. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking, I just get so giddy, man. I get so giddy at all these little like possibilities. Well, Cause now we're starting to feel like everything Everything is is a possibility. Where before it was like, well, no, that's a Fantastic Four thing that's not going to show up. Well, Remi- no, that's yeah. an X Men thing that's not going to show up. Remind me of this um, in the in this first episode of Loki, as they're giving us a little animation that explains the timelines and you know the the purpose of the TVA. They literally define what a nexus is. Right, a yes. nexus yes. is you know a nexus point, a break in the sacred main timeline right do they ever cover that in wandavision and do they specifically name wanda as a nexus being they name her as a nexus being they don't really talk about her but they do they also have a full commercial about the nexus that's right that's right they're the pills yeah yeah yeah. um now the the cartoon they said if you see it what do they call it the time variance authority narrative department which Mm. suggests that it's just propaganda (laughs) right that's what they're saying they're saying that like it says at the bottom that it's put out by the variance authority i want to say narrative um authority or narrative department um so basically suggesting that yeah no this is all bs this is just the propaganda to keep everybody in line that's great that and all the propaganda posters everywhere. Uh, that's true. Also, in terms of those um those reset bombs that they're setting off, mm-hmm. that like kills everyone around them, right? I don't think it kills. I think it really just resets everything back to where it was. Just like like resetting, I guess, takes them back to the point of disparity. Okay, I'm I'm mark it down. I'm going to call it right now that that's actually destroying everyone around them in that vicinity. Anyone that has come in contact with the 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 variant, because in the in the beginning of the show when they first uh, set one of those off, and we we don't see it go off, we just see it about to go off, and Loki looks back and his eyes get really wide. 
um, I think what he sees is those people that he interacted with basically vaporized. And then when we, after the opening title, when we see uh, Agent Mobius in that French church and the guy's about to zap the kid and he goes, wait, wait, it's just a kid. And he goes and he extracts what information he can. And then he goes, okay, go ahead and do it. Like, I think that what's, that's something really nefarious just off camera that we haven't been shown yet is I think that's what's happening. They're destroying those people. Yes and no, because I don't think that like if they destroyed those people, that would make more ripples in the timeline. So I think like they are destroyed, but they are reset. They even talk about resetting them. So then why haven't we seen it then? I don't know. I don't but think if, it's a simple reset. I think it's something way worse. Well, one of the things that they've talked about is where else have we seen because because when they activate it, it becomes like this purple mist. Where else have we seen that? That I was wondering that. Where oh oh is that um one of the stones? No, uh Agatha Harkness's magic. Oh, that's right. And they even pointed out that that's the color when they backed things up in in Doctor Strange mm-hmm. that a lot of it was surrounded with like this purple hue. Mm-hmm. And that that might be the color of that reset, but it's also considered nefarious dark magic. Okay, so they're using dark magic to do that. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the city that is shown to Loki in the beginning where he goes? I thought you said magic didn't exist here, and Owen Wilson's character says it doesn't. What is that city that he's looking at? Um. I don't remember what it's called, but it is it's it's the pocket dimension that the authority lives in. Oh, okay, um, got it. I thought it was like a version of Asgard or something they were showing him. I was like, what? Why is he so shocked by that? No, but the number nine is really important. <clears throat> the number nine, nine? Sh- number nine shows up all over the place, and oh, they Jesus. think it's the the nine realms. Right, the nine realms. There's also nine in Wandavision at one point, right? Yes, when they're talking about specifically, I think like there's those nine circles, which they thought was the the, um, the nine realms. Maybe there's nine timelines. No, um, there's a number. There's a specific number of nexus variants mm. that every time they show it, like they'll show like the little stick figure man that they use for bathrooms. Mm. But then they'll show him with a square head, a triangle head, a hexagon head. Like, but it's a certain specific number of it, and it's the same time. It's even the same number when they show the variants of the little yellow guy who is in the cartoon. Yeah. And he checks in late, and that's what breaks him out of the timeline. Right. Um, there's, I think, the same number, and it may be nine. I'm not sure. Wow. Okay. There, so just so what I'm like, I'm clear. I, I think when he was set to to stand trial, right? Um, they were just going to zap him, right? I don't right. think they were going to reset him. I think they were just gonna, the way they zapped the dude who didn't grab a ticket. But I feel like that was still a reset. Like the the orange is supposed to be reset. Man, I think they're killing these people out of existence. They're just zapping them out of existence. 
And you're saying that would cause more problems. Yeah, that would cause more problems because if they zap him out of existence, then that's really going to alter the timeline. So you're saying that if Loki were to have gotten zapped there, if, if, if Agent Mobius hadn't stepped in and said, let me interrogate this fool first, you're saying the judge was going to sentence him. He was going to be zapped and that zap was going to take him right back to in custody of the Avengers? Right back to the custody of the Avengers, but without the ability to take the Tesseract. The tesseract. Okay. Um, okay. I I guess story-wise, I just, I, it makes more sense to me for there to be a, a, a more catastrophic uh, punishment or, or, you know, kind of result of fucking, of, of becoming a variant. Well, uh, the, the thing is, is it's like it, it, it's questioning the idea of, of free will. Like, do people actually have the ability to like, if, if this sacred timeline is what is it's, it's, it feels predetermined. And so therefore if it's predetermined, that means that you don't have any free will. So f- basically the time variance authority is taking away people's free will. Got it. Okay. And so this is why they clearly have no uh, respect or, <laughs> um, I don't know, they, they if you're a robot, you don't even get to see a judge. You just, right. it, 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 it says you're melted from the inside out, which to me doesn't say reset, says destroyed. Yeah. But... I mean, even a robot, Vision's a robot. So Vision would be destroyed. Wouldn't his absence and being destroyed instead of reset create havoc? Like, I think even robots would have to be sent back to to where they, you know, vanished from or whatever. Well, somebody somebody out there is screaming at the thing that he's not a robot, that he's a synthesis. Right, right, whatever, right. For whatever, whatever. Well, Vision is just, yeah, the example. Yeah. Um, but, like... Yeah, I mean, if you did that with Ultron, I feel like there would be major consequences. So, again, I think they're being fucking killed. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was that that was really telling to me, right? Where I was like, oh, that was played as a funny moment. But that's interesting that the TVA is like, these beings have souls. And therefore, even though we're still going to zap them, to me, which to me meant kill, they're going to go to a judge, which is kind of like a perfunctory sort of thing. Like, no matter, you're not going to win the case. But a robot doesn't even get that. Like a robot is or android, even if you don't know that you're an android, which means you can still have interactions with other humans and uh, there be other consequences to your to your disappearance. Um, you don't even get the perfunctory judge bit. You're just boom gone. So I mean, a reset just feels story wise. Like if that orange thing is a reset to where you disappeared from your original timeline, it feels like a very inconsequential trip to the TVA then. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the viewer in me wants more more intense um results from you disappearing from your timeline and becoming a variant. More consequential, I should say. All right. I'm looking up what reset means on Loki. Because now you've got me curious. Because they're not um, saying they're not saying you're need you need to be reset to him. They're resetting other things, but the, to the variants, they're like, oh, we need to reset you. Um, why does the NTVA need to reset 
what are the reset charges? So what do we actually know about resetting? In short, not much, but it's probably pretty terrible. In the same way that timeline deviations create alternate realities, they can also give way to variants, and Loki having essentially created a new reality is classified as such. Uh, besides Loki's trial, the only other time resetting is mentioned is in a brief confrontation between Mobius and Hunter B-12. After Loki escapes from his interview with Mobius... Hunter B-12 insists on resetting the variant, but Mobius is less than enthusiastic about the idea. Right. Um, no, no, no resetting. No, like where he says that is yeah. in a way. Her unit to prune on site, which indicates that her solution for dealing with him might be very similar to the way in which they dealt with the Gobi Desert fiasco. Um, still, uh, that tells me nothing about what it means to be reset. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it the is... Theory. I think it is nefarious. I think it is not nefarious. I, I just think it's, it's worse than being just sent back. I hope it is. Well, I mean, cause I, I think, I think the idea is, is that like, you're not being, I don't think you're being sent back. I don't like, I think maybe that, that I was being that, that particular variant is destroyed, which causes the timeline to keep going the way it did. So that, that character is, that person is not dead. That version of that person is dead. Right. Right. Okay. I just love the way this in one episode, they've almost like rewritten Loki's purpose. Which is kind of crazy because his whole purpose as defined by them is to unite the Avengers. Which is, I think why that whole interview was so insistent on that. Mm -hmm. What's your purpose? What's your goal? What do you want? What's your function, right? Because we're because right. we're about to change it. We we you know, Agent Mobius is like, I need your function to be something else in order to help us do this thing, and he needs Loki to buy in, right? Well, and I and also okay, so like if if he's hunting himself, <laughs> there there has to there has to be another timeline, like there has to be because that version of himself is not from this timeline. And what we're going to learn is that the other versions don't even all look like him, which is right. part of, which is part of the reason why Marvel just sort of like confirmed recently that Loki is gender fluid. Yes. I thought that was so cool. Like on, <laughs> on, on the file, it says Loki is gender fluid. Yes. Because we're going to meet a female version of Loki in this show. Um, well, it's I, like, I don't know if you know this, but, um, you know, if uh, people who still believe in Norse, um, you know, still worship the Norse gods, which there are people in the our modern day world that still worship the Norse gods, they're, they're what we're, are referred to as heathens, um, self-proclaimed. They, rec they reclaimed the name, nice. they reclaimed the word. And that has been, um, kind of infiltrated by white supremacy. And so a lot of Norse, uh, yeah, a lot of Norse pagan um, symbolism, like Thor's hammer and some of the, the runes have been co-opted by um, white supremacists. And so there is this huge, at least on TikTok, but just out on the internet in general, there is this huge push by legitimate heretics to uh i'm sorry heathens uh to kind of reclaim all that stuff back and anytime they see like 
you know, heathens who are of African descent, they're, you know, people are like, you can't be because there were no black Vikings. And they're like, uh, no, we've got historical evidence that there were black Vikings and they give all the reasons. And then they, they're like, and they were you know, probably fucking badass. <laughs> right. Right. And they, they said that, you know, there's the other thing is, is, you know, people are like, you know, Oh, um, Odin doesn't, you know, you know, there were no gay people in 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 Norse mythology nor and and Viking times. And they're like, first of all, Odin's called the All Father, Father, not the Some People Father. <laughs> <laughs> and second, they're like, um, literally, he cross dressed. Um, he became a woman. Loki became a female deer. Like he's like, no, like your your points are not valid because they're just flat out wrong. Right. So it's very interesting that there is this whole argument going on right now against uh, in in um, people who still you know worship Norse Norse gods that um, that they're trying to to take back their symbology from white supremacy. Right. It's it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's basically stop trying to justify your shitty takes with historical evidence because it just doesn't fucking exist. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it's just, to me, it's just fascinating. To me, like I, one of the things I love about TikTok so much is because I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not on like cute little dance TikTok. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on political TikTok where everybody's just fighting the man and angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love pagan TikTok because they they very much go after um, aggressive uh, white supremacist Christians mm. because they're like all the stuff you have is stolen from us. <laughs> so stop being high and mighty. <laughs> you got it from us in the first place. Yep, that's great. I need to get on that TikTok. Oh, it's so like honestly, Ray. It's just it's it's both enlightening because you learn about like this entire group of. Um, religious beliefs that we don't get exposed to on the regular, mm. but on top of it, like they, you want somebody to argue against like toxic Christian principles, mm. like call the pagans because they've been doing <laughs> it for a lot longer than anybody else. <laughs> no shit. Oh man. So what do you? You know, I have some things in mind that I would like to see. You know, this sh- in this show, I mean, I'm not going to hold it against this show if I don't get these things, but I'm just curious as to like, what are your, what are your hopes or anticipations for, for where this series goes? Um, I want to see a unbroken Loki. I want to see a Loki that is somewhere between the one we started with and the one we ended with. I want him to be I want him to have the mischief mischievousness of the the evil Loki, you know, to, to use an inaccurate term, but the um the heart and motivations of good Loki. Right. I, I want that character to land somewhere in between. I don't want him to be goody two shoes Loki, but I also don't want him to stay like I'm gonna take over the world Loki. I, I wanna I wanna end up with a Loki who just likes to mess with things because it's fun. Right. Right. You know, I I found myself while I'm watching this first episode, like being really, really happy for Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, you know, he's been with this character for so long. Uh, and he's done such a great job, but for him to come back, I don't think I've really seen him in 
other than maybe one or two other things in this whole time. And I think for him to come back and continue to play in this MCU, MCU, you know, universe or the MCU, I should say, because the U and MCU stands for universe. Uh, and <laughs> that would be redundant. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, is that it pays off for him creatively as an actor. Yeah. And I just got the sense and right away in the first episode that they're really, they're really forging new ground and exploring new territory. And I just thought that's fucking great. Like Tom Hiddleston is great. And I want him to want to continue to play in this universe uh, because, you know, he is Loki at this point. Uh, They may be setting up some sort of exit for him since, you know, we're going to be introduced the idea that there are Loki variants that exist. Mm-hmm. But um, still, like I just, I- I'm excited to see sides of Loki that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, and I feel like we got that already. We started to get that in the first episode, which is pretty fucking brilliant. Um, Story wise, you know, we've seen there's a very popular still from one of the uh, trailers that shows what looks like Natasha sitting down and we're seeing her from behind and she's looking at the, at space. I think people have come out and said, it's, it's actually not Natasha. It just Mm-mm. looks like her. Um, that bummed me out. I was really hoping we would get, you know, something on her character through, through Loki's travels throughout time and space in this show. Right. Um, I read somewhere else that we might be getting a snippet of Marvel 2099 timeline. Oh, Wow. That would make me fucking ecstatic beyond belief because I have a lot of affection for those stories because I was really into them when they were being published. Right. I think you and I, like, that's another thing we bonded over. I don't think I I got into it quite <laughs> as much as you did, but I totally had the 2099 people. My brother was all into Spider-Man and I love the 2099 X-Men. Oh, see, I was into the 2099 Spider-Man and Ghost Rider, and I read a few of the Doctor Doom uh, issues as well. That's awesome. Um, Since you mentioned Black Widow, and I know it's coming up, I think we had talked about at some point or heard somewhere that supposedly um, Black Widow takes place during the five years of Endgame. That is not, from what I understand, true. I heard that it takes place after Civil War. It does take place after Civil War, and it takes place um, between Doctor Strange and Black Panther. Okay, yeah. I had heard that after Cap and Falcon go on the run, and uh, that Natasha goes off and has her adventure. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I couldn't remember if we had said if we had said that here or if I had just said that somewhere or I had heard it somewhere else. I don't remember where we said it, but if we said it here, if it's not right, it takes place um after Civil War. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thought you were gonna throw me for a loop right now. I was like, oh shit, what? Um God. Uh, I imagine at some point we are gonna get some stories that are set during those five years. You know what? I was thinking about this. I wanna see a TV series about just people like that has nothing to do with the superheroes whatsoever. I want to see a, a series of like, like a, an anthology series Mm. where every episode is a different family or a different group of people dealing with those five years. I want to see Sharon Carter during those five years. Oh yeah. Mm. Wait, 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 did she get blipped? Uh, I don't remember because I remember a, a kind of a, a plot hole being described as like, how the fuck 
that Sharon Carter get snapped away, come back five years later, and that short amount of time between being blipped back and Falcon and Winter Soldier, she rises to power in <laughs> and like becomes the power broker and all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Like, how did that happen? Unless she didn't get snapped away and that those five years she really struggled, you know, and, and, and to make it. I think through, you know, she's regular person enough. I feel like that if she was still around during those five years to kind of see the regular people world through her experience would be fucking cool. In 2018, the Avengers believed Carter was a victim of the snap. However, Carter survived and had to struggle on her own using the time to build her power and wealth in Madripoor. There's a show. That's a show. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I also want to see, I also want to see like an episode of, you know, the, the teenage girl in one house taking care of the family of neighbors in the next house because mm-hmm. their parents got snapped away yeah. or, or the family where the entire family didn't get snapped and having to deal with the fact that they somehow survived the snap where yeah. all the people around them didn't like, those are the kind of compelling stories that I would be like, Oh my God, what would that be like? Yeah. Maybe an episode on them, not a show. <laughs> Well, no, no, not a, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like if you do it as an anthology, it's like every episode is a different group of people and how right. they dealt with the snap. So right. that way you don't have um, like, yeah, an entire an entire series about one family mm-hmm. would probably not be interesting. But getting all those different points of view from all over the world would be fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that – one of, speaking of like these sort of like, you know, opportunities for stories one of the things that's driving rosie nuts right now in our wandavision watch is why is monica upset with carol (laughs) same same i think it's going to be as simple as um you know yes we knew you were going to go away for all these things but you just never came back because i'm pretty sure the first time he comes she comes back is when she comes to deal with the the pager like when she comes back to the pager right yeah, so I think it just you know it it stresses her out right now. So um, <laughs> I uh, I think we can wrap up on Loki. Do you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm excited to see the rest of it. Um, I think we're gonna probably do the next one. We'll be doing two. In- how many How many episodes are there gonna be? I do not know. Uh, people, I'm sure have other things that they want to talk about in regards to Loki's first episode. So hit us up on, on Slack or discord, wherever, wherever you prefer, because you know, this, unlike WandaVision where we watched an episode and then did a ton of research and then came with all these theories and stuff. This was more like, I feel like our first impressions, right? Like our immediate reaction to the first episode. Um, so if there's anything else that we didn't cover that you want us to talk about or you want to chat about with us or make us aware of, please hit us up uh, uh, on Slack or wherever, because I want to hear these things. I'm still, I feel like I'm still absorbing that first episode and I can't wait to dive into the theories and stuff that's, that's I'm sure all over YouTube by now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let us know what what your take is it on because I we don't usually do where we haven't been doing the first episode. We've been like waiting for like two or three to go, um, and I think that makes a huge difference. So <laughs> we got Wandavision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and then coming up Hawkeye, She Hulk, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Secret Invasion, Armor Wars, Ironheart. 
I cannot, I, out of all of those, I cannot wait for Miss Marvel. And the, I was thinking about that the other day. I cannot wait for the Marvels. Like that movie's yeah. going to be insane. Yeah. Yes, it is. All right. Um, we are thinking after our conversation in between acts uh, that we might be doing our next episode on in the heights because we we both realize that there is a lot to discuss there and it's something that we both are very passionate about so um take this week to go and uh if you are fully vaccinated go to a movie theater and enjoy the fact that you are out in the movie theater Mm -hmm. it's it's a very surreal experience because the last the last movie at the theater i went to was at 8 55 and so we came out at like quarter to 10 and there was nobody in the theater. It was weird. Wow. Because we're just not, we're not back. We're, it reminds you that we're not back to 100% yet. Right, for sure. Um, any shout outs this week, Ray? Oh, geez. Um, shout out. To, no, I don't have any shout outs this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shout out to my mom and my sister who are on their way here now and I haven't started cooking yet. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So shout out to mom and, and sis. Um, and I will do shout outs next week. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music at bensound.com. Geek to Geek is a proud member of the Geek to Geek Network. Check out other Geek to Geek shows, the Geek to Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdbird Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and Sometimes Rob. And Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, and Troidal Power. And make sure to join us on Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. I'm uh, sorry, Google Podcasts and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic at epic craze ray where can we find you i am at ray vargas three on instagram uh twitter and facebook and ray vargas 3.com is my art website okay i tried to blow through all of that so ray can get cooking you did we that great you guys next week and until then remember this week keep it geek <laughs> <laughs>